ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You cannot pick an album uh, that contains a song you've picked on this podcast. Ooh, I like that. Right? That that is closed off to you. Um, By and the then... way, I've already started my list. And oh, the wow. one thing that I put in in ink was Billy Joel's The Stranger so I could stick it to Jeff again. So he'd have to listen to me talk about Billy Joel again. <laughs> Don't make me choose glass houses. That's not going to work out for anyone. Oh, my God. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Fellas! How are you? Fellas tonight! Holy smokes! Fellas, women, uh, everyone here on this podcast, thanks so much for coming out. Welcome to 2020. Do you believe it? We've, We've done it. We've made it. I actually feel maybe like it's the first time I've ever truly finished something in my adult <laughs> life. <laughs> yes. And all we did, we said this last week, just show up. Just show up and uh, plug away and eventually something happens. Uh, ben Barton, how are you doing in Knoxville? Dancing. Just I'm sorry. I'm so, so, so thrilled to have made it here and to have these folks come and join us. And Timmy, I wanted to say a special thank you to you, man. You really oh. made this all happen. It was your idea. You're the guy. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Thank you. I, uh, I, I know talent when I see it and that's why I picked you. And I love that this hasn't gone to your head uh, at all. Benny B, I believe is, is your new stage name. Yeah, how are things at Berkeley? Same thing. Beautiful, sunny day. Uh, they've called a moratorium on mosquitoes, you know, not a cloud in the sky. Okay. Things are looking good. Good stuff. Well, I wanted to call your attention to 1969, uh, our very first podcast, something that was so bad and so badly recorded that I've, I've actually taken it out of, of the simple cast rotation. So new people coming to our podcast can't find 1969, only the OGs. Um, can get to it. Um, in 1969, Jeff Simons, you said this. Old dying men and their fading opinions, which never really had much relevance. Over the I, course, I was referring to us, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Over the course of the podcast, have we lived up to your expectations? No, we far exceeded. 
Oh, I disagree. Uh, That's a, yeah, that captures it pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, I, I wasn't sure we could live up to that lofty standard. I thought maybe by 1976, we'd be sharing like soup recipes and pictures of our kids. You know, we did. We did have a spell where we got into um, uh, our medical ailments. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we That's not the plan way. for tonight. I assumed one of the things we would we would uh, go back and, and revisit. That's right. Our, our various problems. Here's the, the note time. from my doctor letting you all know. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. 2020, uh, this, this culminating year for our podcast. I'm going to give you the Grammy winner. Uh, you know what it is, Jeff, right? So Ben Barton, uh, let's see if you can recognize the Grammy winner from these first few notes. It's the Grammy winner. I Can't Breathe by her. Screaming peace at the same time All the corruption and justice The same crimes Always a problem if we do or don't fight And we die, we don't have the same right What is a gun to a man that surrenders? What's it gonna take for someone to defend her? If we all agree that we're equal as people Then why can't we see what is evil? Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I, a big fan of the political objective of the song. I, I'm not crazy about the song itself. Ben, am I off? Am I old? I'm just not free to criticize that song at all under any <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> I'm fair. definitely not going to be like, oh, I'd prefer a different production to it. Like, by, that was the by, Grammy winner, and it certainly had something to say for this year. By the way, welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. I think that's a nice segue to the title. Good job. Uh, Jeff, H-E-R? Yeah. Her. I, I think so. Yeah. Are you I, don't, I don't have a lot of... I, I like this song. I, I um, I'm actually surprised you don't like it, actually, Tim. It's huh. got, like, it's got a good melody. It's, uh, you know, I don't find the production, like irritating the way i you know a lot of modern music like you know like I, I it has a big sonic palette it's got a really nice deep bass there's space for all the instruments it's it's not i like the simplicity well, of it well, considering the, the subject matter so speaking of the uh, the production and the sonic landscape let's go back to the grammy winner of 1969 and ben barton is going to connect the dots from one song to the other yeah good luck with that all right so let's see. I'm pretty sure. But which one's the Grammy winner, Tim? By the way, for those of you watching at home, this is the stuff we cut. It's really yeah. Great. This is great. You get to see this the uh, the soup being made very poorly it, here. Is it this, is uh, it is uh, Joe South. Joe South was the that one the Grammy. Good lord! Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right. 
We're not even gonna get. We're not even gonna, not even gonna get. get to you know what's hilarious? Topic. That's per. That sums up 1969 in a nutshell. You could go two minutes before you said the name of the song <laughs> in '69 and win the Grammy. Like he doesn't even sing a verse until a minute and fifteen seconds. It's amazing. So, so Ben, you've been uh, critical of Grammy voters all along in this podcast. Do you think they got it right in 2020? No, I don't think they got it right in 2020. That's not the most impactful song or the best song of 2020. Oh, um, so I per- you are like criticizing it, like, them. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, so like, like I, I'm not a fan of the political choices. Like I wasn't crazy about it when the Dixie Chicks happened and I'm not crazy about, about this one either. Um, I do understand, and actually I'll talk about this in my pick for this year. There's a real thirst to have a song that summed up this miserable, unbelievably challenging year. Right. Um, and so there was a lot of, I assume there was pressure on the voters and that they were just like, oh, let's just choose something that says I can't breathe in it. Um, but this is not the most powerful artistic statement of the year. Not even close, in my opinion. Was Joe South the most powerful artistic statement yes, of 1969? Yes, for sure. That was the, I mean, like, how could you even doubt that? In the year that Tommy Led Zeppelin II, uh, Let It Bleed came out, that song was definitely- And the Hendrix stuff. I mean, it's like, it's so embarrassingly bad. It's incredibly bad. (laughs) All right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, I I appreciate your opinions. uh, And I'm reminded of the, uh, the original premise of this podcast that the two of you are musical snobs and that I am the everyman to defend the Joe South's of the world uh, and their catchy ditties. Um, (laughs) Let's go to some original concepts, baby names. We started off our podcast with baby names. The most popular baby names in 1969 were Michael and Lisa. In 2020, what were the most popular baby names Jeff Simons, you get the first guess. We are in the biologically male category of baby names. I see a setup when I know it. I'm going to go with Michael. You're going to go with Michael in 2020. You are yes. incorrect. Ben. I'm always incorrect about this. We were doing this again. I have to do this again. <laughs> For 2020, yeah. We're going to see how Wait, our culture has changed. First of all, can't we make Jeff do geography? I thought that was what we were going to do here. <laughs> We've had maybe we can have Jeff name the number of countries in South America. I feel like that would work out a lot better. 54! For baby names. I'm terrible at baby names. I'm just going to say Jacob. That's what I say every time. And I'm definitely wrong. Uh, do our guests have the ability to chat? Can they throw stuff into the chat room? Yes, they definitely can. Yeah, people just did. Oh, they just did. Okay. So the- We've got the, Emily and Emma as guests from home. Okay. So we're in, we're in the male category. So- All right. So, uh, so far, Jeff and I are better. So <laughs> you're, all, you're all incorrect. The most popular baby name for little baby boys for 2020 is Liam. Liam, wow, we're not a guess at Paul was a guess at home. Very close, Paul and Liam. No, not really. Um, Lots of about, Oasis fans in 2020. <laughs> what about baby girls, Ben Barton? Oh, I, first of all, my friend owner has told me it's Emily or Emma, so I'm just going to ride with the listeners. It's like and the price is right. When they yell out the numbers, just choose that. All right, well, I'll ben, go with- Ben Barton teaches law school, so he's not as close to the teenagers as, as, as the two of us, Jeff. So what do you've got? You, you're closer. 
Uh, Lisa. <laughs> no, that was 1969, man. Come on. I'm like, I'm, I assume you're bringing this back because you're trying to show how the end is in the beginning and it's the same. If it's two different names, I'm just like, why are we talking about this? Uh, Esmeralda. I'll go with Esmeralda. That's, that's, another that's better. But no, it is Sophia. Bit, yeah. Sophia is... Tim. Oh, uh, he's the, he's the, oh, we got to call that is right that guy. I'm on it. Hold on, I'm having stuff. <laughs> That's so great. Now we're back. My uh, dad's the best. That is so, seriously, he's the greatest dad. <laughs> Baby names, Liam and Sophia in 2020. Uh, a far cry from Michael and Lisa. Um, out of Ben, Jeff, and Tim, which name is still in the top 50? For baby names in 2020. I'll say Ben. Jeff? I'll say, I'll say Tim. It is Ben. Jeff, there you and I. Yeah, it's just those Bible names. Jeff, what, Tim's in the yeah. Bible? What do you mean? Uh, well, Jeff, we've fallen out of favor. Uh, but Jeff, you should know that Maverick is in the top 50. But so more people are named Maverick than Jeff? Or Tim. I think that's fair, by the way. That was a good <laughs> one. Fair enough. I never liked All the name. Right. You guys like, is it possible to dislike your own name? I've always thought it was a little like something Aww. landing on a table. You don't Jeff. like your own name? It sounds like, you know, it sounds like something that's about to get defrosted. That, you know, so. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, 2020 brought us the pandemic, uh, the election, further examination of race in America. I have decided that tonight, these historical moments that we're still living through are going to be put on a shelf uh, so that we do not dive into them. Instead, TV shows. What's the most popular TV show of 2020? Ben Barton. I had no idea. You, I had no idea. measure this? I don't know, Modern Family? I mean... Jeff, any idea what oh, I'm going with watching? I'm going with Tiger King. Tristan in the chat. That's a good it, call. It is... NCIS was oh, the I most popular that. TV you, show. Tiger King doesn't count as a TV show. They're like that doesn't even get a Nielsen rating. Like that's nope. on a whole different scale. That's correct. Well, but, sorry. So, <laughs> so I, I I tweaked a little bit this idea of uh, of the the box office, the movie box office. Instead, what was the most viewed movie of 2020? The most the movie with the most views. Is it Tenet? It is not. And it and it was not released in theaters because, of course, theaters had a terrible, terrible time. Was it Soul? It was oh, not Soul, but you're on the right app. Oh, okay. I was going to yeah. say Soul Man with someone, C. Thomas Powell, just but that would surprise me. <laughs> someone just oh, got Mulan. it in the chat. It was Hamilton. Hamilton. Battery, yeah. Nicely done. So here is your invitation to cynicism. Was Hamilton uh, all that it was cracked up to be? I assume both of you saw it by this point. I have seen it, yeah. Okay, what do you think? It was amazing. I'm going to let Ben go. I got to get out of Ben's way here. I might even The movie was great. The show's great. The soundtrack is great. Everything about it's great. It's the best thing ever. It's like better than sliced bread. There's, it's like the Grand Canyon. You okay. can't praise Hamilton enough. All right, uh, pick your favorite song right now. Go. Oh. Sorry. 
Uh, my favorite song, the one that I have on my iPod of my running mix is Hurricane. Um, oh, but so uh, the sad one, the one where the kid's dead and is quiet uptown, that's oh. the one. That's the actual best song on it. Like that one is just a, a crying machine. <laughs> that one is mine as well. Like, oh, man, just walking around looking for redemption. That's just that's right up my alley. Jeff. I'll go with the Skylar sisters because that's the one B sings to herself when she thinks nobody's listening. Oh, so. That's right. adorable. It is actually quite adorable. Although she now knows the whole first beginning rap and can do it on command. And she does it like a nine-year-old with no rhythm in between. So it's just like, it just keeps going for until she almost like teeters over. Let's get and I actually prefer her version to the original. It's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to the number one hit of 20. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 20. Uh, I had never heard this. I had I've never heard this song in my life. Never heard the speak. song. Never heard of the artist. I just found this out today and my students were laughing at me that I had never heard of it. It spent 11 weeks at number one. Never heard it. Here we go. It's the number one hit. The Box by Roddy Rich. Put it out the coop at the lot. Tony for a 12 fuck swat. Buzzing all the bells out the box. I just hit a lick with the box. Had to put the stick in the box. Mm. Pour up the whole damn seal. I'ma get lazy. I got the mojo deals. We been trapping like the 80s. She said the nigga so. I like that. That's my favorite part. I want. I like when he rhymes box with box, but he doesn't say I got to put my dick in a box. I feel like he really missed the chance to actually sort of connect. I do love when, when people are like, what rhymes with box? We have poets on this call. I like the poet that's brave enough to be like, I know what rhymes with box. Yeah, sure. Box is what rhymes with box. Why am I confusing the issue? Um, ben, were you familiar with that song? So, Timmy, I have some really good news for you, man. Oh. I thought that the number one song from this year was going to be WAP. I uh, know. W-A-P. Yeah. And no. I honestly, I almost chose that as my song just to watch your head explode when I explained the female sexuality <laughs> that's involved in that song. White uh, white Anglo-Protestants? What do you mean? Yeah, Very close. It. You're just in the neighborhood Wap? of what okay. it is, for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I honestly, I like, I was like, wait, what? It's not WAP because that would yeah. like, in my experience of it was that's all I heard all summer on the radio. That was my favorite song, my favorite hit song from the year. Um, but yeah, no, I hadn't heard this song and it's bad. It's bad. Okay, good. We're all on the same page. Uh, Jeff, do you have the number one hit from 1969 at the ready? Yes, but I need to cue it up so we don't have to sit through the first 35 seconds of uh, stuff. <laughs> Okay, you ready? Fading in. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. I mean, Aquarius. 
everybody wins. Now that's a song I can dance to, right? I love it. I'm not rhyming box with box. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I thought they were gonna have a great career at the uh the fifth dimension. I don't know what happened. Yeah, um, you do. <laughs> the 70s our impossible question tonight is actually your homework for next week right because next week we're going to do kind of a cleanup podcast um and here here's what what i want you to do for next week by the way folks that's literal we're flying to tim's house and cleaning up this creepy basement that he broadcasts from we're actually going to Give them some roof. Someone's got to finish a this ceiling. At some no, and point. also we're bringing the breathers for the asbestos removal. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what you're actually doing is you all are picking the three songs that were left behind. The three th songs that you most regret in the uh, in the Sophie's Choice that is our podcast. Uh, there have been songs left behind including Jeff Simons this is the one I texted you. Oh, this is, okay. This is one of my all time favorite songs. And I look back and I'm, I can't believe this did not make the cut somehow uh, as we had to make difficult decisions along the way. I love this song so much. And yet I still don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, so those of you who are watching right now, raise your hand when you recognize the artist. I'm in the right, Not a lot of hands. But no hands. Just, just One of the cameras on. Jeff, I think that's Jeff. where the sample comes from, Tim. How do I pronounce her name? Armatrading. 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 Love and affection. I just love that song. Uh, do you love that song, Ben? Ben? I had not heard that song. I do know Joan Armstrong writing, but I did not know that song. Is that right? That's a that was one of the few kind of I'm in shock. bottom of the chart scrapers that she had. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Simons, you like that song? I do. I, I, there's other. My favorite Joan Armstrong song is a song called "Stepping Out." She's a phenomenal acoustic guitar player. Like just and her first record, "Whatever's for Us for Us," she like just lets it rip. And the second record, "Back to the Night," and then she signs to a new label, and they're like, you know, what would be better is instead of being really an amazing acoustic guitar player and edgy and pushing, you could just stand behind this orchestra and sing. And she immediately went into the top 40 and huh. I like the records a whole lot less, but Stepping Out by Joan Armatrading is a killer. But that's just different than Joe track. Jackson's Stepping Out. Very different. Although okay. I like that song a lot too. Yeah, you do. Um, let's have a question for the chat so that people are actively participating in the podcast tonight. Look at the teaching, Timmy. I love it. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right. We're all going to get up and take a little walk. Now, um, what I want to know is uh, what year did you first start listening to this podcast? Like, what year did you jump in? Uh, if it was 1969, I'm so sorry about the production. Everyone's um, going to write 2020 who's not a smartass, but he means <laughs> the year of the episode. Not right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they. Our students are smart. That. We've got some. Patrick got Wood some from the beginning. Geez. Oh the man. Oh wow. Look at that. Oh Lisa, like you didn't turn it off at that point. Wow. Okay. Hello, from the, from the missus. That's fantastic. Um, ah. 
95, Rich Thomas way back when. Great. Oh my gosh. The OGs are well, we are incredibly, right incredibly grateful and humble. Oh, and then some totally friends. Amazing. So fun. Yeah, I mean, this this is kind of the thing that got us through uh this past year and all of its difficulties. So we're just absolutely tickled that that you guys uh caught on. All right. Um record of the year for 2020 we never talk about record of the year but i think this is a, a good segue to our second season of the podcast where this is what we're going to do we're going to tackle the best album of each year um should we define the ground rules of that before right well, now why would we bother you guys will just cheat and I, uh, no, see this record was remastered in 2008 so i'm just <laughs> gonna pick that one so. uh here here's the rule i want to put forth is that you cannot pick an album uh that contains a song you've picked on this podcast Ooh, i like that right that that is closed off to you um By and the then way, i've already started my list and oh, the wow. one thing that I put in in ink was Billy Joel's The Stranger so I could stick it to Jeff again. So he'd have to listen to me talk about Billy Joel again. <laughs> Don't make me choose glass houses. That's not going to work out for anyone. Oh, my God. We, we oh had a God. fan going you after You can have me. at least one record where the guy sings in French. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick Rush's uh, whatever the Rush album is where he sings in French. I so, go ahead. Ben, on the Facebook page, someone was going after you. They're like, we love the podcast, listen all the time, uh, but but Billy Joel is shite. Um, so I want you to know that that people don't think highly of your Billy Joel picks. But he's Ben's kind of shite. That's and all. That ben, really and Ben, you and I are going to follow Jeff's lead on the next season. One uh, artist, and then you're done. Oh, also, I'm not promising that. You're really trying to press me into a corner here, live, but I'm not going to make any of these promises. Well, Jay, Jay Tandon, we're looking for new talent on the 50 Years of Music <laughs> podcast. This is so. actually a cattle call. We didn't realize it. Ben and I are on the chopping block. No, also, block. if you're going to fire me, hire my dad. He's right here. I know. This is so great. Um, I think, Tim, Tim, are you going to commit to owning 50 records at the end of this second run-through? I mean, that's good. that would be a big, uh, that'd be owning? a big commitment. Owning. Well, yeah, ha listening all the way through to 50 individual records, that'll be... Uh, Oh, cool. I will listen. I don't think I'll physically possess. Who would it. buy a record in right. 2021? I'm I like mean, that, only an idiot would buy. I'm like Henry David Thoreau. You know, just I'm a minimalist. Look at yes. the basement. Your basement uh, does reflect that for sure. Uh, and also, so, you're enjoying nature there in your basement. <laughs> in 2020, uh, I listened to two albums uh, a, a good deal. One of them was the album from Jeff Simons called River Run. Ah. Uh, and one of them was uh, the deluxe Summer Teeth uh, from Wilco, because I can't give up on Wilco, and I, and I was fascinated to listen to that. Um, ben, have you listened to the deluxe version? I have not. Uh, Jeff Simons, have you? I have. I listened to the whole live CD and all the outtakes, the whole Megilla. So can we talk about outtakes for a second? Because this has come up a few times, um, especially when we were talking about our top three producers, or sorry, to be more specific, your top three producers because <laughs> um, I really don't understand the whole production side of things. But, but Ben, you've talked about, you know, why didn't the Humpty Dance just do the same song over and over? Like 
get busy in a Taco Bell like you did at a Burger King. Like, or, or we talked about how ACDC seems to have a formula that they go back to again and again. Like they, they've kind of figured out what their sound is, what their song is. Um, and so I was listening to this Wilco Summer Teeth Deluxe Edition and listening to the outtakes. And it was so bizarre to me because I was like, that's not the song. Like, what are you doing? Why are you, why do you, why are you putting a little piano jig on that song? And Jeff, since you actually produced and recorded an album last year, how hard is that process to figure out what the song is? Uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's easy, like the songs, you hear it and you like it and you go back. Uh, and sometimes you write something and think it's good. And three days later, you realize it's terrible and you have to start taking stuff out or changing words. The thing about Wilco is uh, that when they made that record, they were really trying as hard as possible to be a democracy, even though Jeff was writing all the songs. So, you know, I imagine they were like, well, let's try this sped up. Well, let's try it slowed down. Let's try it as if it's a faces track. Let's try it as if it's a power pop single. And, and they're trying different keys, like Tweety's trying to find the where it fits in his vocal range. They're a lot more restless than a lot of bands, which is why their outtakes are so fun. Like a song like Every Little Thing, there's like four really different versions of those songs. And I actually think they're all kind of good. And one of the things I admire about them is they could stop at the first version and have a song better than most bands. And they, they try a second, third, fourth iteration. Well, there's also know? that that moment in the documentary where Tweety's worried about how much money they're spending. Like we've, we've got to just make a decision right now. Yeah, but they weren't, yeah, I guess. But then, well, that, you know, was it's one o'clock in the morning and you've been up for three days and you're all fighting. Like, it's hard to keep that, that perspective. It'd just be like, if you wrote, I mean, when you write a play, you must sometimes, I mean, not your plays where they come out just spun gold, but like when, when other lesser people have to go back and edit their own work, like they find pieces of dialogue that they want to, for example, uh, if George Lucas had gone back and fixed the line, sand is sand. rough and sand it gets in rough. things he sand. might you might say like why did he change the line but he, i think that's what they were they were after but i some people have no time for outtakes like and i mean and along the same lines i have friends who hate it when they go see a band and the band does a version of the song that's different from the record. right 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 and i have friends who go specifically to hear the new version the new it version just, it kind of depends on what 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 you're about you know? i think tell every tell everybody the uh, tom petty story and, and dealing with a producer oh the one for, you texted me about yeah 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 so the tom petty and the heartbreakers are making their third record and it's make or break tom petty's being sued by his own record company for refusing to allow the record to be uh increased in price and he's trying to get out of a terrible publishing deal that he signed not knowing what he did so they're recording the record on the sly and and it's a whole thing. And they're working on it, working on it, working on it. And some of these songs are very big and fraught. And one day the band, just to relax, plays a song from back when they were known as Mud Crutch. That song that they thought was a complete throwaway. And Iovine's in the bathroom and he hears them playing this song and he like runs in and says, please tell me that's your song. And they're like, yeah, but it's like from eight years ago like it's it's a, and he's like that's the that's the, the number one it's a song don't do me like that which tom hadn't even brought at to the <laughs> session as the possibility and so yeah you never know like 
you're, they were you're, just warming you're, up. You're rarely, you're yeah. rarely your own best critic, you know? I mean, The Prince is the great example, but like well, Dylan too, like if you write a ton of songs, you may miss, you, you, it's, you could very easily write something amazing and discount it for whatever reason right. and never get back to it, so. Well, well the, I, as I was listening to the Wilco album uh, uh, last week, I was thinking, Ben, about you talking about Kanye, who's still rewriting the song after the album has been released like at some point you got to let it go and kanye of course can't yeah no it's hard um all right so ben barton favorite track off of river run yeah so first i'm a huge massive fan of river run and we're not allowed to choose one of jeff's songs as the song of the year for 2020 but the record's great um I would recommend two. The single Kissing Me just can't be beat. Crush it's it. a toe tapper. You can whistle along with it. You listen to it twice, you'll love it. Um, but my all-time favorite Jeff song from way, 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 way back is music I've forgotten. That's Get out, that's been mine. My favorite. I know. It's a six-minute breakup song, and it will tear your heart out. Like Ugh. it's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's a non-rhyming song. It's a story song. It's like little pieces of things across Europe and America and yeah. the Bay Area. Spectacular. So Jay Tandon uh, is in the room next to us in grad school, and Jeff plays us music I've forgotten, and I'm just sitting there. <laughs> about to cry at, at following this relationship through this song. Um, but Jeff, that particular song, Music I've Forgotten, on the album doesn't have what it had uh, in, in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico so many years ago, which is the gypsies singing. What was the decision behind that? Oh my God. First You're of all, guys, you're very sweet. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> River Run is available on Spotify for all your listening needs. Thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll give you a link on the way out of the door. Um, <laughs> T-shirts. So yeah, there's there's a part on the record where I decided to play the melody on instruments rather than sing it, um, and I cannot tell you um, how uh, unhappy that production is decision was with ben and now you apparently oh ben my, you said that my too? two dear friends who were trying to say nice things about the record uh hate the big decision i made to take the thing <laughs> and frankly other people was, love it though other people love yeah, it including sure, you and the producer like we get they it. don't they it don't know sounded, about the old way i heard it back with my voice it sounded bad it just didn't sound right it didn't sound the way it did when i play it like huh. in person it sounds it sounded really silly so i yanked it out so. sounds like an probably making decision. the worst decision uh, of the whole record, but hey, Timmy, by time. the way, I love you wrong footing Jeff and pressing him on it. That's just classic. <laughs> That's, so great. That's really good. So 50 great. podcasts in, you still got it, baby. <laughs> all right. Well, good stuff. Uh, all right. What I want to hear right now is first concert ever from all of our guests into the chat. Oh, first awesome concert question. you ever went to went to, um, I'd love to, I'd love to know the, uh, the year as well. First Musical concert ever. Barry Manilow, yes! Oh, yes. boy. Miami Sound Machine. That is fantastic. I saw that tour, too, Dire Straits. And Peter, Peter Gabriel, Gabriel solid. Monkeys, the Monkeys, there you go, Helen. Fantastic. Two, two Peter Gabriel. 
I saw that Beach Boys. I think Beach Boys was my yes. as well. Is that classic 70s yes or owner of a lonely heart? Yes. Is that mid-80s yes? Matthias will have to come back and tell us. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Wow. Okay. These are great. Uh, Jeff Simons, what was your first concert? Boston. 1978 really? U.S. Naval Academy. Yeah. <laughs> With Sammy Hagar uh, opening up the Red what? Rocker. Before I Can't Drive 55? Yeah, like eight years before he joined Van Halen. Oh, yeah. wow. Blues Traveler with Rusted Root. Excellent. Bed Barton, what was your first concert? Uh, so this is the first one that I chose. I went to some earlier ones with my dad. But my dad and I and Marco Puccio, ACDC Brendan Byrne Arena for those about to rock tour. That so is- proud of myself. Like, that was the greatest and a dude puked on my dad's shoes. So it worked out amazing for all of us. And that was the that was the concert that you asked your dad to take you to, correct? Oh, totally. I, I mean, honestly, he, like now that I've grown up fan. and I have children, like this was when I was in middle school. I can't, my dad was such an amazing sport. He was like, oh yeah, sure. Like I'll drive you and your buddy Marco Puccio <laughs> into New Jersey to watch this weird metal band while somebody pukes on my shoe. And you so did it. This is how much cooler your dad is than mine. We go to see Boston. The lights go out and Sammy Hagar comes on stage and does a whole set. And it's obviously an opening band. And it leaves and my dad turns to me and says, Bear, are you happy? That's a concert. <laughs> Let's go. And he grabs Stop. my arm and we start to leave. And I'm like, that's not Boston. He's like, yes, that was Boston. That's what music is. It's loud and awful. We're leaving. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. They play the songs you know. Like they're a, they're a famous... I literally were leaving the arena and I grabbed the usher frantically. I'm like, was that Boston? And he's like, no, that wasn't Boston. I says, what do you mean? It's like, that was the opening act. Boston comes next. And oh. you can see my dad's hamster, like, <laughs> like the shame. And also that he's going to have to be there at least another hour. And he just went like, he just kind of turned eggplant purple and was like, very well. And we went back to the seats. <laughs> Just he was another so band out of Boston. That by me, but... oh. <laughs> oh my God, the Who at the Fillmore. That's, I mean, that's a, pretty uh, good for my dad. Yeah. He's flexing for wins. sure. That's that's really incredible. And you know, God. if he hadn't Ben, if he hadn't taken you to that ACDC show, you might not have been on a podcast. <laughs> that's true. It's that really, really is true. Really? Set the path that I'm on now. He'd be a senator instead. Really- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to our three songs. Our three songs. I believe Mr. Barton goes first. Yes. Now. All right, baby. Indeed. I go first today. Phoebe Bridgers. Born, and this is going to hurt the people here watching, 1994. Oh, my God. Hey, born in 1994 wow. in Pasadena, California. Okay. And she has kind of a classic, um, she's like a classic suburban L.A. kid. Uh, she busks at the Pasadena Farmer's Market and is like making it as a, a folk singer. She go, it gets accepted to the Berkeley College of Music goes to orientation and is like, well, this is not for me at all. And leaves, which by the way, greatest decision of all time. She went all the way to Boston and then totally. And they were, and she was like, she was like with all the other metal heads, like, have you learned a solo yet? And she was like, I really need to leave now. Like, this is not going to work out for me. I I was living across the street in 94. 
from Berkeley. That's insane. Well, that was when she was born. So she sent the Berkeley College of Music later <laughs> fair, than that, fair, my friend. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> so 2000, she moves back to L.A. She's playing in L.A. In 2014, she gets, there's like a couple of steps, but she kind of gets discovered by Ryan Adams. And then it's a little bit of a creepy story. She puts out an uh, EP called Killer and, and a terrific. Like basically like every two out of four songs that she puts out are really, really, really good. And Killer's like that. Like there's two really good songs on that EP. Um, it turns out that Ryan Adams is a super creepy sexual harasser and is like, preying on her and a bunch of other women that he signed at the same time. And which is super sad for me. And we'll do this again when we get the albums, but I love Ryan Adams work and I would have chosen one of the songs for sure, but for that fact. So she gets rid of Ryan Adams. She gets signed to a, a, a smaller label in 2017. She puts out stranger in the Alps. Again, I, I love this record and it's a super weird record like it's got like a little ghost on the cover in the in the alps and she's from pasadena like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but she's got this whole like lyrical folk rock thing and again we've talked about this it's really 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 hard to write a persuasive strong folk rock song in 2017 or 2020 or really in 1965 like it's been hard to do that for a long time and she is capable of doing that over and over and over again um she's a big like she keeps like combining with different weird people uh boy genius her and lucy dacus and julian baker she puts out an ep with them she puts out Better Oblivion uh, Community Center, and that's with Connor Oberst from Bright Eyes. And there's some Bright Eyes songs on Stranger in the Alps. 2012, oh, she has a Kid Cudi song. Like she's just continuously like working with different people and doing funky stuff. 2020, she comes out with her best reviewed. And I, I don't know, I actually kind of like Stranger in the Alps better, but your miles will vary either way. Punisher comes out in 2020 and it's great. It's a terrific, terrific, terrific record. In November of that year, she comes out with a copycat killer EP. And it's a four song EP where she takes four songs from Punisher and replaces, she keeps the exact lyric track, just her singing. And by the way, her singing is so beautiful. Her lyrics are so great. She replaces all the music with a string quartet. Like it's such a brave, insane, crazy move. Um, and I'm going to choose Kyoto from that record. But first, I'm going to ask Jeff to play Kyoto. Just the first. Actually, you know what? Start at uh, one minute and 25 seconds of the original Kyoto from Punisher. And before you start, let me tell the story. So um, Kyoto's the first single from Punisher. And it's her biggest hit. When she was on SNL, that was the first song that she played. It's a really interesting story. She sits down. It's a song about a relationship with her dad. And it's a really, really sad song. She plays it as a sad ballad. And this is how you know that she's a good collaborator and that she's got great producers. Her producer was like, that's, your, that's the best song I've heard you play, but I'm going to ask you to play it double time. And she was like, really? Because it's a sad ballad about my dad. And he was that's, like, no, no. That's the he, crazy part, right? He was she like, would no, never no, you, think of that. He was like, no, no, you've got to play that as an up-tempo song. That's an up-tempo song. I, I'm hearing instrumentation with it. I'm hearing like, like a fuzzed up electric guitar. I'm hearing horns. She goes with it. And she goes with it and it's a spectacular, much, much, much improved version of the song. Jeff, the original version at, at 125. 
So we're going to start this song at exactly that spot with the um, string quartet. So Rob Moose is the name of the guy who does the arrangement on the string quartet. And he's a Sufi and Stevens guy and he's a Bon Iver guy. And he's like this multi-instrumentalist string guy. And so um, she's just like hanging out with this guy. And he's like, I can't tell you how much you love the record. It's amazing. Um, he's like, when I hear it, I hear it with a string quartet. And she's like, really? And he was like, yeah, that, that's how I hear it. And she was like, well, let's do that. So they actually went into the studio. She kept her exact vocals. The Kyoto version on the record is three minutes and five seconds. The copycat killer version is three minutes and five seconds. You're going to hear it as if it's so much slower, but I promise you it's exactly the same speed. All the instrumental breaks are identical. The only difference is the change in uh, instrumentation. Um, I've always been a sucker for this, like that Elvis Costello Brodsky quartet record, which I don't know if, yeah. Costello heads think suck. I love that record. Yeah. I love anything the Kronos Quartet does with somebody who's like a regular person. I'm like, Ooh, Oh, the string quartet. Like I'm just a huge sucker for that. And here in particular, like I love the original version of it, but the strings are so emotional and just really bring out the song to me. Jeff, if you will start the copycat killer version at a minute 25. Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers. So I've been driving out to the suburbs To park at the Goodwill and stare at the chemtrails With my little brother He said you called on his birthday We're off by like ten days But you get a few points for trying Remember getting the truck fixed when you let us drive it Twenty-five felt like thumbs up two Love thumbs Bridgers. up ben, um, that was beautiful so i i've mentioned this multiple times i'm a huge sucker for the parent songs and this is actually goes a little bit back it's an echo of father of mine by everclear so she's got this troubled relationship with her dad and that's what the song is about and the lyrics are so beautiful the the first verse she's touring japan for the first time and it's like this crazy experience for her she's so thrilled to be there she's so like it's such an amazing like when you get to be a big enough like rock star where you get to tour japan that's a yeah. really really big professional step forward and she has this dream of seeing the world through her dad's eyes that's what the, the lyrics say and she finds herself in kyoto and she's so off put she's so upset by it she can't she can't experience it oh. she talks to her dad on a payphone, paying a dollar a minute um, and she says, I'm going to kill you if you don't do it first. Then the second verse, which you could hear, she, uh, he's drinking himself to death. All right. Uh, that's the, that's the suggestion of the song. Um, then she's in a parking lot with her, her, her little brother. Her dad called him on his birthday, but he's 10 days late, but he gets some points for it. And then she goes back to when she's a little kid in this part, like, I'm just going to choke up a little bit. Um, remember getting the truck fixed when you let us drive it going 25 felt like flying. And when the girls were little, 
and India will not like this, but I would sit them on my lap and I'd work the pedals and just let them work the wheel. And we'd just go 25 and I'd just be like, you know, like if we hit something, that's going to be unfortunate for all of us. <laughs> but like that moment in the song, that touch. And then when she says, I don't forgive you, but don't hold me to it like that. Yeah. That, that... Like understanding of what it's like to be right. a parent and, and, you know, you make mistakes and, and then the, if the person chooses to forgive you or not forgive you, like just her expression of all of those emotions, this one just kills me. And in particular, the strings just bring it out to me. I listened to this yeah. 10 times today and I cried five times. Like it just gets <laughs> me every single time. Wow. That's beautiful stuff. Jeff, I should have gone think? first. I should have gone first. Yeah, you should have gone first. Um, gonna... No, it's all right. The only thing I'll say is like, I that was a beautiful band and I'm a big Phoebe Bridges fan. And I love this reimagining. And uh, um, I will say, if you had been gone with me to see the Kronos Quartet at Zellerbach a few years ago when they did uh, a new opera for spoken word and string quartet and found instruments, you might have found a string quartet that you uh, <laughs> would have wanted a break from. It was definitely one of those moments where like you're sitting way too close to not pay a lot of attention. And then uh -huh. uh, like, I don't know, two and a half minutes in, I was like, uh-oh. You know, because it had that feeling of like, right. there will be no escape. And this is going to be at least three hours long. Like it just had that like warning. You are about to enter a world which we will be impossible to leave. So but I, I love I love your story, Ben, of, of you know, someone else hearing it and, and figuring out this other way to present it, which is, you know, we did not coordinate before this podcast, but that's kind of what I was going after. Like, how do you figure out the right version of a song? And sometimes it takes like an outside person to be like, dude, you're too close to this. Here's what the song really is. Beautiful. All right, Jeff, do your thing, man. Let's go, Jeff. All right, so yeah, I, I, um, this is really hard for me. I don't think I know what my favorite song of 2020 is yet. Like uh -oh. I, like many of you, right? Like there's just, there's constantly songs and they're in and out. And, um, I could have picked my, uh, my friend Chuck Prophet made a record last year and has a song on it, Nixon land, which is amazing. Um, I have a I have a dad and child song on my own record that uh, I humbly submit is is uh, hopefully not embarrassing. I uh, I love Derek Webb's record from last year. He has a song Targets that killed me. My friend out here, Brad Brooks, made the best record of his life. There's just a lot of stuff. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick the last band I got to see before lockdown that blew my ears off, and I'm going to pick the record that they put out. In quarantine last year, um, mainly because seeing them was was really special and lucky. They're from Mali, um, so uh, for those of you that um, listened to this morning's podcast and realized I only picked uh, old crusty artists of, from Europe for my entire music festival, this is a Mali rock band. Um, they're called Songhoi Blues. Uh, they've been around for a while. I first became aware of them, I think, in like 2018. Uh, through hearing them on the radio late, a public radio late at night. Um, and I got to see them at the Cornerstone, which is a new club in Berkeley that has a capacity of 225 people. So here's a band from, from the absolute other side of the earth that has found its way two miles from my house. I got to go with my, my friend Quinn, who's uh, a huge music head like I am. And they just absolutely burned down the house they this you know sometimes you get to see a band when they're still singing for their supper literally like these guys are cutting their teeth 
everywhere in the world. Every time they play in front of an audience, there's 10 of us who are rabid fans who came to watch and there's a hundred music fans have heard the name. And then there's just a hundred accidental people who wanted to go out that night and they are making fans and making a career for themselves night after night. And because this place holds 200 people and because these guys are halfway around the world, they're unbelievably accessible. So we stuck around, they came out, they spent an hour hanging out with the 50 people who stayed. They signed the record I bought, they signed the poster, they took a million photographs, they had 100,000 questions about California and the Bay Area and culture and history and bands. It was like, it was like joining a little uh, club and then COVID, all of their momentum got taken away um, and they still put out uh, a wonderful record. Most of the record is in French. I made that French joke, but uh, since they're from Mali and they speak French, I'm going to cut them a break. But um, this is a record called Optimisme. And uh, the first song, Badala, which was the single, uh, tells you everything you need to know about these guys. They have the, they've got the chops to be a great rock band. And they've also got all the wonderful Western African influences of of the repeated kind of elliptical beat that always hits upon the one and feels like a circle while at the same time feels like a driving 4-4 rock beat. They can all sing. Uh, they're incredibly tasteful players who can play just one note and make it sing. And at any moment, any one of them can absolutely burn down the house on their instruments. And this is a song you cannot listen to in the car without suddenly speeding uh, it is a match down the pedal, heart rate accelerator. Uh, just a song I just love. So here's Badala by Songhoi Blues, currently my, my 2020 song. Badala by Songhoi Blues. They must have been crazy live. That was fantastic. Oh. 80, 80 minutes. And they, they have all different. I mean, they have some songs that are quieter and, you know, three-part harmony. And there's some stuff that feels much more like what we consider world music. But for me, that's the trick is they are truly a world music band. They are pulling from everywhere and it go comes through them and comes out in this completely unique way. You know, everybody can remember when they accidentally find an artist and see them live and it, right. it changes, you know, you're at a big music festival and you think you're headed one way and you hear something and it's the thing you didn't know you needed in your life. This is go, my go, go Bordello. Yeah. Yeah. This is my, my most recent band like that. Love these yeah. guys. And they could not be, they are just, they, they are folks to root for. These are some sweet guys who are okay. who are trying to escape a country with very difficult problems of right. every 
of every, you know of every consideration. So root, ben, root for these guys. Ben, do you know these guys? I do. I do. I've got that record. It's great. It's actually it's um Dungeon esque, Jeff. And that it's it. a not it's, a, it's a it's a rock record and it sounds like it sounds kind of like 70s rock but then when the guys start singing you're like wait a minute that's not in english i mean but yeah right. no i i really like it i like the dropping in and out it's great really good stuff wow what was their name again my name is song hoy blues okay. they're actually on fat Postum records in the u.s which is that weird little mississippi label that signed all the dying blues guys uh that the okay. black keys started on which I think is the perfect home for them. Like it's a fat possums run by a musical fanatic who once he likes something will just like be a fan. run himself yeah. into the ground, getting the cool. word out. So I'm really, that's a good match. All right. Well, you guys have done very, very well in 2020. Cheers to you. But unfortunately uh, yours are, uh, you didn't pick the best song of the year. I've got the best song of the year. Uh, but before we get there, could everybody who's still with us type in and think about this? I'll give you seven seconds to think about this. Type in your favorite music video of all time. Jeff, we know yours. So yeah, no, Jeff, definitely. <laughs> Keep that to yourself, my friend. <laughs> favorite... Actually, there's another one I like better, but I know it's your <laughs> favorite shaming has been experienced. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look at multiple that. Multiple thrillers. Thrillers Two right thrillers. out of the gate. Bang, bang. It's pretty great. It. It's pretty great. Another thriller. Wow. No hello, Lionel Richie. <laughs> That's up there. Sabotage. That's yeah, a me. Jay. By the way, that is a Me Too video, if ever there was one. There's everything Dark. is creepy about that. that Kevin video. Brown with the Blink 182 reference. <laughs> ben Barton. Thank you. That's me. Georgia. Classic. That's Georgia. Uh, wow. All right. Well, my favorite music video of all time is Paper Bag by Fiona Apple. And Fiona Apple puts out an album in 2020. And ever since, well, I'm the whole smooth criminal thing. And, and, and then seeing that video, Paper Bag, I was like, I am in on Fiona Apple. Um, and she's had a really hard time. She she's got um she's got a lot of stuff she's dealing with, um and and her career kind of went off the tracks as she was dealing with that. But this is a woman who is totally devoted to her music and totally devoted to processing her emotions. Um, and she has a song in 2020 that I think is the song of the year. Um, and I also think it's really appropriate given the kind of uh, reflection on race that America went through in 2020, that the song of the year is Shamika by Fiona Apple. This is a great selection, Timmy. I love this one. This isn't my this favorite is song my on this record, song on this but this record, is a great and one. And it's not even close. Like it's one with a huge bullet and everything else is a distant and, second. And oh, really? Because I'll come, tell my favorite in a second. You but have this is, come so far. And, and Jeff Simons, what slot is it in? Uh, I don't know what you mean. It's the second song That's on the album. it is. Look at Shamika by Fiona Apple. You, here we go. Let's go. I used to walk down the streets 
on my way to school Grinding my teeth to a rhythm invisible I use my feet to crush dead leaves Like a fallen from trees Just for me, just to be Crash symbols In class I pass the time Drawing a slash for every time Second hand went by a group of five Done twelve times was a minute but Shamika said I had potential 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 Shamika said I have potential. Uh, yeah, Fiona Apple uh, going to school up in Harlem and um, having a rough time at a prep school in New York City growing up. And in third grade, she went to a lunch table to sit down with the cool girls and they laughed at her and said, go away. And Shamika said, come sit with me. And Shamika said to Fiona Apple, don't worry about them. You've got potential. Fiona Apple has carried that her whole life. Uh, I read an article today where after the song was released, Fiona Apple and Shamika's third grade teacher reached out to Shamika and let her know that Fiona Apple wrote a song about her. And Shamika said, who's Fiona Apple? I love it. That's fantastic. You know, (laughs) I love Awesome. I know that sounds like it's being pushed down a flight of stairs. I really love that. Like, oh. I love the sound of that piano so much on that and, track. And what's the percussion? Who knows? I have no idea. It's a noisy record. There's a lot of I noises on this record for sure. There's a lot of yelling and banging. It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah your my- song? What's your favorite song of the album? So uh, my favorite song of the album, and this was a close competitor for 2020, is For Her. And it's the, a searing, brutal, hard to listen to song about a woman getting raped. And yeah. so I just was like, based on what 2020 was like, I decided to go another direction. Um, but you've kept, th- this song is great and super catchy. This is so a great. very, very, very searing and angry record. And this <laughs> song does not capture that spirit to it. Um, and so I'm not criticizing. This song is a great selection. And this yeah, record yeah, yeah. is, is no, a no. good one for record of the year. Um, but it doesn't capture like the whole fury that she brings to this record. Like there's, a, the there's a, a whole song about her being at a dinner party and being yeah. angry and, yeah. her, and her boyfriend slash partner kicking her to the table. Yeah, and she's like, stop. kick me, it makes me louder. Kick me, it makes me louder. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fetch the bolt cutters. I mean, yeah. uh, that was my next uh, song of 2020. I, yeah, she was, she's kind of done, done playing nice. Um. Good stuff. All, All right. right, we should wrap up so we can talk to our friends here for yes. a couple minutes before we let them go. So wait, wait, wait. Let's let, should we should we say our goodbye for the podcast? Yes, yes, we should. Hey, this was a lot How of fun. Of <laughs> Hope you're all going to have a great week, uh, and we'll see you next week with a, kind of a closing missed uh, missed bits podcast of our. Our three songs it's that gonna we be wish- like that the, the sitcom where we just pull all the the good stuff and make one 20 minutes it'll be a clip yes. show like hey remember in 1974 yeah that's a great call <laughs> that's exactly what we'll do guys see you next week timmy well done, buddy. all right all right now that we got rid of them how's everybody doing
<laughs> stop recording so people don't feel like we're gonna uh, uh, steal it. Like, make right, I got you, I got you. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.